Hey everyone, welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I am joined by Adam. How's it going, buddy? Great. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. We've uh, we've got a bit of news to share with our listeners today, don't we? We do. And I, this morning when I messaged you, I'm like, we should do a new show. There wasn't much news, and then I, you know, started looking, and then the big thing was released today. So you're uh, we're pulling behind the curtain as to when we actually record this because you'll know by what we talk about today that was released today. That is true, and uh, hopefully we can get it out there while it's still relevant to, uh, to oh, our yeah. listeners. Oh, yeah, it will be. It's always relevant information. That is true. So uh, why don't we start off over in Walt Disney World, and uh, let's talk about that big news. Walt Disney World annual pass holders, myself, will be able to visit any park after – 2 p.m. with the no reservations beginning April 18th, but you cannot go to the Magic Kingdom Saturday and Sunday. Now, that is well, very, sim- well, that is without, very similar. Without the reservation. You can still have a reservation for Magic Kingdom those two days, and you could park hop to those two days. Assuming you have a reservation at another park beforehand, but, but you can't just show up without a reservation after, at 2 o'clock. To the Magic Kingdom Saturday and Sunday. So those of us who are just lowly, you know, lowly serfs like me who have no annual pass, this doesn't really apply to me. But it is a big deal for those with annual passes because what what was what were you limited to uh, as far as you could make um, park reservations without a resort reservation? Weren't you limited to like four or five? I can get five with mine, but if you have a hotel reservation, then it's unlimited to the amount of you can get a reservation with the length of your stay at the hotel. Does In that make addition sense? to those five. In addition to five, yes. Yes. All right. And that's not all that you're getting uh, in Disney World now uh, as a new as a new perk, I, I guess. Maybe uh, as as they take away some of these COVID restrictions, they're they're throwing around some perks. And there's a there's another perk for Genie Plus, is there not? Yes, Genie Plus now is going to start. Include if you purchase Genie Plus in Florida at Walt Disney World, and, and actually I think this is already going on in Disneyland, but in Florida you will get free downloads of the on-ride photos if you've purchased Genie Plus for the day. So it's not for the length of stay, just for the day that you've purchased it. But any of the photos that you get at like Slinky Dog, at Tower of Terror, Seven Dwarf Mine Train, any of the rides that have the photo, you're going to get that download for free, which is nice because. I- I'm because those are the, that's photo, photo and video. Well, it doesn't really say, doesn't really say video, but I would think so, right? I mean, that's the the videos are part of PhotoPass, so I would assume, yeah, that you would get it. And it's a, you know, that's a nice option considering that uh, Genie Plus has has been upwards of thirty dollars uh, of late, and uh, for the first for the first time, it recently sold out in Walt Disney World. So that uh, that's big news, and it seems to be very popular. I, the best part about that is you you can't take your own camera with the PhotoPass photos for the ride photos. You know, it's not like you can, like, sh- you know, reach your arm out and take the photo. So, right. like, regular PhotoPass photos, you could just have the photo PhotoPass photographer use your own camera, your own phone to take the picture. You don't get those magic shots, which if you want those, you're, you have to then pay for the PhotoPass for that. But... It's still a good perk. I think it's something that it adds value to the thing you've already been paying for. So that is true. Now, if they would just bring back Magical Express, I'd be a happy fella. 
And I know we've got some news coming out of the Grand Floridian regarding a couple of restaurants, and one is a reopening. Yes, Narcuzzi's has been going through a refresh, a refurb. It's been closed for a while. It will be opening April 1st. The big thing about this is, I mean, as I, from what I can tell, they have not, like, Disney-fied this restaurant. They have not said if the refreshing, if you will, is inspired by any character or story. There is also no prefix. It is a regular restaurant with a regular menu, which is nice because California Girl switched over to that prefix. And mm-hmm. uh, you get a lot of food, but it's expensive because you have to buy – you have to get the prefix. You can't do you know, just apps or just a meal or just dessert. You know, you have to buy right. everything. So Narcuzzi's is switching to – or not switching. is staying a regular menu, which is great. As far as I can tell, there is no big sign of you know the Little Mermaid or Nemo or somebody <laughs> – in the the restaurant which is nice although they do say that the space has a land and sea concept now Hmm. and that also inspired the new menu now see i wonder if that's just so that people go because it's not just seafood because i've been there before i at least Mm -hmm. once i maybe twice i like seafood so i will eat seafood i don't care but i know there are people at that do not like seafood and they only want, you know, land-based options, chicken, beef, whatever. And maybe they felt like they're alienating a good portion of population by not serving that kind of food. And they did serve it. They had a surf and turf, but it was mainly seafood items. Right. And, and seafood seems to be heavily uh, present on their new menu uh, with their, you know, they've got a new ocean inspired charcuterie board. Uh, with ahi tuna, charred octopus, and house-made sausage from the sea. I, I know chicken of the sea, but I don't know tuna. The, I don't know the sausage of the sea. So, uh, you know, a lot of redfish, a lot of, uh, yeah, still a lot of seafood there. Although they are bringing in some plant-based options, it looks like, and a dry-aged pork ribeye chop. So uh, the, the the menu seems to be that land and sea as well. And I just think it's just I think that's just like a marketing thing to like mm-hmm. encourage people to come. And then now in the in the post that they said that they've added a couple things, but they only I mean like for example they they have added a they, like like for okay so for example they had like a lobster bisque which is still there, but now they're gonna like serve a table side which I don't like serving things table side by the way. Right. I don't know why restaurants do that. I mean it'd be fancy. I don't know. But whatever. They have like a new like beef and ricotta, ricotta, ricotta. How do you say that word? Ricotta. 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 <laughs> Tortellini. That looks good. With it, I mean, this restaurant's been closed a long time, and they're only like talking about like three items <laughs> they've added. So what else did they do? I don't know. Very. It's they're very interesting how why they go through certain refurbs. Citrico's was the same. Like Citrico's in the Grand Floridian. Not to get too off topic, but that was closed for a while and it came back with a refurb. But that refurb was like inspired by Mary Poppins Returns. There is not – it's not a character meal. It's it's not a big you know, Mary Poppins like face thing on the wall. But it's just like they like the colors and the way that they do things, and which doesn't make any sense because the Grand Floridian, of course, is like uh, turn-of-the-century Florida. And Mary Poppins is like – Mary Poppins Returns is the 19 – I think it's like the 1930s or 40s in the UK. So the timing doesn't work. But my point is, at least when they did Citrico's, they redid a lot of like they, – they really added like more of a story. And this doesn't seem like they've done that. But right. I'm not complaining. Citrico's is like a um, – it's an expen- it's going to be expensive. 
Uh, it was always a signature restaurant. It's good. It, well, it, it was good when I went. I'm sure it's going to be good now, but just something to keep in mind. That's all. All right. Good to know. And uh, while we're at the Grand Floridian, one restaurant that will not be opening anytime soon is 1900 Park Fair. Uh, that has been closed since March of 2020. Uh, they did use it briefly for overflow seating for the Grand Floridian Cafe. But uh, as a character buffet restaurant, it has not opened and they are keeping it closed because it is going to be part of the refurbishment of the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. Um, no word on what refurbishment is going to, uh, uh, you know, what the refurbishment is going to be inside of the restaurant. Um, it's usually been a Mary Poppins themed character meal, uh, lots of uh, carousel animals. It has a very whimsical theme to it. So no word on if they're going to change that. Uh, I know right now the restaurant doesn't even have any chairs because their chairs have been sent over to the uh, Magic Kingdom uh, because they are using them in the Jungle Navigation Company. Uh, what? Limited Skipper Canteen while their did, chairs are being repaired. Where did you read that? I read that on the interwebs. <laughs> that is some – whoever whoever the, the reporter I was on, that is some really <laughs> sleuthing. We uh, we deliver nothing but the hardest hitting news here. That's so uh, funny. Uh, the mouse and more. I miss 19. I mean, 1900 Park Fair is not something I go alone. It's, you got to go there with people. I mean, you don't have to, but I do. I miss that restaurant. I am. I think we've talked about this before on the show. This is not part of our news story, but I am a little afraid of what they're going to do. The Grand, Flor- Grand Floridian with the refurb. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have refurbed the outer buildings and the lot, the, every outer building has like a mini lobby. And if it's going to look like anything that's already in there, which I'm sure it will, it's, they're removing the, that old lady, that nursing home carpet that I love. <laughs> <laughs> and they're putting in like a blue wave thing, which looks very similar to the carpet that they put in the yacht club. Mm-hmm. I don't believe they're going to change all the wainscoting and all the all the white wood accents around the lobby. I don't think they're doing that because that's a lot of work. And I don't think they're right. doing that. But I think they're just like updating the, the carpets and the the furniture. And I'm sure they're – I would think they're going to like paint walls like a seafoam type green or blue color. So it's going to be like a mix of old, furni- old woodwork, wainscoting, and more modern furnishings. And I don't think that looks good. Well, I'm I'm sure it will be fine by the time all is said and done. <laughs> so like Nightingale Park Fair had that old like historical organ, if you remember, in the ceiling. Right. Yep. Like, will that stay? I mean, it, I hope it stays. But like, is that going to now match something new that they make it? I don't know. Right. We, no, no one knows. Yeah. But hopefully we find out in the short term and it reopens soon because it's been closed for going on three years. And it may it may be one of the final restaurants that has not reopened. Yeah, that takes care of a lot of the the happenings in Florida. Uh, of course, we've got the Tron going through previews right now, uh, and that will be opening soon. Tomorrowland Light and Power Company will probably be reopening as a gift shop, and there's a new snack building out in front of the Tron Light Cycle Run. So uh, that is coming at the beginning of April, and uh, we'll head back across to the. Uh, West Coast, where it all began. And uh, Adam, what's going on in Disneyland? Well, I'll start with something a little more dry. They have announced that the the new villas at the Disneyland Hotel will be opening in September. This is a new building. This is not replacing this is not replacing a 
existing building. It's just really replacing a plot of grass that they used for weddings. <laughs> right. <laughs> for weddings. But it, but it is a big building. It oh, is yes, 12 it, stories. Yes, it's huge. And I think, uh, I mean, if we're go, I mean, we're going the way of like, we've been going like this for 10, 15 years where Disney is building more DVC. And the reason why is because it's, you know, when you, when you buy DVC, you pay cash up front, whether it's you paying cash or a bank paying cash, right? It's just like a mortgage. Disney gets all the money up front. So that way they can fund instantly the construction project, the construction of the, of the building, as well as any profits that they wanted to make over that. So, so that's why they're doing all these DVC towers and Disneyland hotels getting one. Uh, it's going to have studios, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedrooms. Now this is what's interesting and we can discuss this. The cash rentals for DVC members go on sale March 15th for magic key holders, which is Disneyland's annual pass holder March 16th. And then everybody else is the 17th. So people like me and you, right? However, these are just, these are just the dates to book rooms at a cash per night level it's not to actually buy a dvc contract correct they have they have not announced when that will go on sale which is very surprising because i know there are people looking for that the grand californian is like one of the only dvc contracts that like goes the resale market is like above original cost Mm -hmm. because there's just so few there's just so few dvc rooms available inventory available in, in disneyland so so we're assuming that this new hotel, this new DVC tower is going to probably sell out. So I wonder what they're waiting for to start the sales and why they're going to be allowing cash nightly rentals before the units go on sale. Uh, once again, uh, we don't know, but somebody does. <laughs> well, what do you think? Why do you think they would do that? I have an idea, but why do you think they would do that? I have no idea. I'm not a big fan of the timeshare industry. <laughs> So uh, I could not uh, I could not tell you. <laughs> so my th- my thinking is that there's going to be a lot of pent up demand for these rooms to be rented out real quickly. So they probably feel like, well, what we could do is rent, uh, you know, rent these out for the max money that we think we can get a month or two of, of nightly rentals to come in and then start selling the rooms. Because once you start selling the rooms, then people got to use them. They got to buy enough points to use them. Or you you know trade out and trade in, but I don't I think it's hard to trade out and into a brand new resort because like you know where are you getting the points from from a new contract? It's kind of like weird how that works. So I think it's just a matter of they feel like they can get quick money in, in September until they're like really ready to like figure out the contract for the DVC and and all that stuff. Now it could be like a California law with, with timeshares that you have to. You know, have so much available to the public at once that we don't even know about, which is possible. I mean, there's like timeshares are real estate transactions, so there are rule, laws that apply to that as opposed to like just a regular hotel room. Right. Um, I'm not a real estate attorney in the state of California, so I'm not, you know, privy to those that information. But if I was like settled with where I lived and I had like and I was thinking about like DVC, I would probably consider Disneyland the hotel because of the way it looks and because of what it is and where it is. Okay. But, my, but at the same time, I mean, the grand Floridian just recently re is starting to, or just recently has sold newer units cause they converted one of the existing buildings to DVC units and that those haven't sold out yet. And the minimum buy-in is like, like 200, 250 points at like $250 a point. It's a lot of money. 
minimum to buy in. It's like it's over like thirty five thousand dollars you have to buy to get a contract. So I know these are all kind of like, you know, boring numbers, but a Disneyland hotel is going to probably be the same, if not more. I think there's a market for that to sell out, but we'll find out in the next couple of months if there actually is. Yes, we will. Hopefully. And speaking speaking of DVC properties, the uh, Polynesian's new uh, DVC property has gone vertical. I guess they finished their foundation work, uh, so they have started going up. And once again, that's going to be another uh, unsightly multi-story tower. But uh, I guess that's the DVC way. The other thing I heard, I heard from my friend, um, actually your friend too, Nate Bishop, who uh, is a travel agent on Main Street More Travel. He was on because he went to the Star Cruise Radio. He told me that, and I didn't know this, that because the Grand Floridian has an existing DVC property, that the new units they're selling, they don't come with the 50-year contract. They only come with a reduced contract because that DVC has already been on sale. So the same thing is going to happen with the Polynesian. The Polynesian has had DVC rooms for seven, eight years, I think. Right. And by the time this tower opens will probably be like 10 years so you will be paying for a full contract but it will be shorter period reduced shorter period because that unless if they annex these new disney polynesian uh this new tower as like its own resort which they might do they might do Mm -hmm. i don't know but they might do that all right it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out let's head on into the parks because there's some stuff going on at uh disney's california adventure the littlest thing, if if you're a a Marvel fan, you can see Kang, uh, fresh out of the out of the quantum uh, the quantum realm. Uh, he is meeting guests out in uh, Avengers Campus, and I guess he's trying to follow some of the heroes and see what they're up to. So you can uh, have a meet and greet opportunity there. And uh, the former Pacific Wharf section is getting a makeover to become San Francisco from the Big Hero Six movie. Uh, and that is kind of a mashup of San Francisco and Tokyo. Uh, so they're putting in a new Baymax meet and greet. Uh, they are putting in lots of elements from the movie, like the San Francisco Bridge. And uh, they're putting in a new beer garden. So things are changing in Hollywood Studios. But that's not the funnest Marvel news. Um, Hollywood Studios, California Adventure is what I meant to say. Um, but the funnest news... Uh, coming out of a California Adventure is what's in store at the Hyperion Theater for this summer. This is a little surprise, I think, although it's not really a surprise if you think about what Disney's doing. So in the Hawkeye series that came out in December, November, December of 2021, which seems like forever ago at this point, they had the fake musical Rogers the Musical, which was like a musical based on the events of the first Avengers movie. And uh, they had a whole song. Uh, I think the last episode, like the ending credit scene, had the full sh- the full song. Right. Um, that they had shot and produced with real, you know, with real Broadway type stage actors. So anyway, so they have announced that coming to the Hyperion Theater at California Adventure. Uh, that's the theater that used to have Aladdin, and after that, Frozen. And it's going to have a one act version of this Rogers the Musical. It will be for a limited time, and it will be starting this summer. Um, we don't know when this summer, and we don't know how long a limited time is. And we don't really don't know what else it will involve. I'm sure it's going to involve that song, but other than that, 
Right. Um, it's got to have more than that because they're not going to have all these actors just perform one song for five minutes. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be the shortest one act play ever. <laughs> I think it's a very good idea that theater has been empty since 2020. You know, they shut down the show when COVID happened and they have not brought anything back yet. They could have gone easy and just brought Frozen back. They could have gone with like Beauty, like something easy, Beauty and the Beast or, you know, something they've already done. But this is something new. Technically, it's in Hollywood land. It's not Avengers Campus, but it's adjacent to Avengers Campus. So I think it's kind of funny that they're going to like take the Avenger, the the Marvel Universe, the Avengers Universe out of Avengers Campus and put it now into the real universe, which is where we are in DCA, and put it into to the theater. It's kind of like a it's almost kind of like a multiverse type thing if you really right. if you really want to like get a whiteboard out and, and think about it. Um, but I don't I, I don't know if I'll be able to see it if it's a limited time and only the summer. I don't I wasn't really planning on going there this summer. I'll certainly watch a video if I know I can't see it. Right. Yeah, I would I would definitely like to catch it. I do have my Rogers the Musical T-shirt uh, that I proudly wear. Oh, you do. Nice. I do. I do. I bought that uh, well, Christmas 2021, I guess. Did you get um, that from who'd you get that from? I believe uh, like who gave it to me or. No, 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 not who. No, with vendor. Yeah, no, uh, it, was, it was a uh, officially Marvel licensed shirt, which I purchased through Amazon. Yes, I remember. I remember when those went out, and I was thinking, like, should I buy this? I'm like, I already have enough T-shirts. Right. But see, had you known there was going to be a musical, you could have purchased it and worn it to the musical. You're right. You're right. I mean, that's um, that was good good uh, planning on your part. Yeah, I would loan you the shirt, but I don't. I don't think it will fit you. <laughs> it's okay. It's I'm a child's husky. Uh, husky large. Uh, are you a fan of musicals? I don't think we've ever talked about this. Uh, I I do like the occasional musical. Okay. What was the last one you've seen? Uh, the last one I saw, we actually saw Aladdin last uh, fall. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've seen all the Disney musicals. I think I saw, um, what's the French one? Les Mis? Les Mis. Uh, Cheryl yeah. took me to see Les Mis. Wow. That must I, have, I, that's a long I, one. I slept through a bit, a bit of that. Yeah, that's a long one. <laughs> and uh, I will tell you my first Broadway play, Doonesbury. Is that is that based a, on the comic strip? I was gonna say that's that's based on a, a cartoon or a comic. Yes, yes. Wow, I didn't know that was a music. They did a. Was that a musical or was that just a play? Uh, it was a play. Uh, okay. I don't. Well, no, there were there were songs. Uh, it starred Mark Lynn Baker, who went on to uh, star in. Um, uh, with Mike, uh, uh, what's his name? Balky Bartakamus. Remember that show? Yeah, you don't remember. Uh, no, I don't. Perfect Strangers. According um, to the internet, Doonesbury, it was Doonesbury musical comedy. Yeah. That's a long pretty time cool. ago. 1983. 83, yeah. Okay. I'm an old man. So you were two years old. Um, I was 40 at the time. <laughs> no, you were not. <laughs> so uh, enough about the uh, uh, my my Broadway stylings and uh, and, and preferences here. Um, and, uh, you know where you can see a decent Broadway style show near Broadway, the Disney cruise line, Oh, uh, as, yes. as all of their stage shows are phenomenal. And, uh, we do have a, a last news item here to, uh, wrap things up. And that is the Disney cruise line. As you may or may not know, the Disney cruise line is celebrating their 25th anniversary this year, uh, with their silver celebration. 
and they have announced a new level to their Castaway Club program. Uh, Castaway Club program is, uh, you know, essentially a frequent sailors program uh, where guests are rewarded uh, based on the number of times they've sailed with the company. So uh, guests who have traveled 25 or more times with the cruise line uh, will be uh, the new Pearl level, which will go into effect May 1st. Uh, and there are some new benefits to having that. The first one, and it's a kind of a big one, is that uh, Pearl level guests will get unlimited digital downloads of the, photogra- uh, of the uh, photographs taken on board during the cruise. Uh, and those are complimentary. Uh, they will get a uh, exclusive early booking window that will open four days before the general uh, public. So, um, you know, each level of the Castaway Club gets a different booking window. Pearl will, of course, have the the largest booking window or earliest booking window, I should say. They will also receive pearlescent tumblers uh, when they arrive in their stateroom. Uh, And just like platinum level guests, they will get a complimentary dinner at Paolo, uh, so that uh, that is on tap uh, for later this year. So kind of exciting news. I am not Pearl level yet, uh, but I am striving uh, and hoping to get there. Based on your um, your history, you'll get there. Uh, hopefully. Cheryl, Cheryl's branching out. We're trying other cruise lines now. What are you guys doing next? Uh, we are doing Norwegian next month. Ooh. And then we're you- doing Norwegian in August. And uh, yeah, we're, we're we're trying all sorts of uh, Cheryl's done Royal and uh, uh, Princess. We've both done Virgin, so we're we're branching out a little bit. You're doing one out of New York, I think, right? We are. Yeah, that's good. So I'll, I'll wave to you as I go past Jersey. When was the last Disney? Are they coming out of New York now, or or no, not not right now. Um, not right now, but I believe it is on tap for the fall. And that's unfortunate because when they were doing their summer sailings out of New York, they were at like a 134 percent, which which was amazing. Um, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And, yeah, I uh, think I mean, I mean, listen, I know we're biased because of where we live, but uh, there's so many people here that would do that. But like, you know, and they love Disney, but they I'm sure for you, I'm sure for you, Tony, the biggest pain of a cruise is having to fly to a port to get on the cruise, right? Exactly. I'm guessing. Exactly. And how great is it for like, I mean, if you think about the New York metro area, how many of us are here? Yep. It just makes sense for them to, and now they've got five ships and soon they'll be getting uh, six uh, with the treasure and then seven with that behemoth bill carton that they purchased, <laughs> which I don't think will be poured out of, New, out of the United States, but that's another story. It would be nice if they had one that was permanently or, or at least semi-permanently in New York. Well, like I said, if they would do summer sailings, I, I think that would be to their benefit. Unfortunately, when they come in, they come in in the fall. They do a mainly uh, Canadian itinerary because uh, they can do that in four or five days. And it's a quick turnaround. If they go down to Port Canaveral, it's a it's a seven day, uh, seven day rotation. But they were very popular when they were here in the summer. And that was 2012, 2013, around there. Uh, and uh, don't know why they've stopped it. You'll get to Pearl soon. And um, you'll get those free photos in that early booking window. They said that the the new island – did I read that correctly? It's supposed to open end of next year. Did you see that? Or did I did I misread that? 
I believe that is the uh, the timeline is a 2024 opening. That's that's crazy. Like 2024 is not that far away. And it's, it I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're redoing like they're supposed to be redoing Splash and Tatiana by the end of next year. Right. And that's just one existing ride. And they're going to like retro, they're going to like fit this whole like I wonder like if they're going to do it in stages. They probably would. Right. Well, they probably would have a couple things open and then continue to build as it goes along. First off, it's not even its own island. It's just the southern section of the island of Eleuthera. So, you know, it's not like they're completely starting from scratch like they did with Castaway. Um, It's a completely different beast, uh, you know, being a part of an island, you know, being that Eleuthera is a much larger island and they're just taking uh, a couple hundred acres from it. So it'll, it'll be fun, though. No, I might, maybe I'll have to. I don't know. I gotta get on a cruise. I just feel like uh, being trapped in one spot is like hard, but it's also the vacation time and getting it off, and it's not easy. No, it's not. I mean, it's not a galactic cruise, so. No. But what is? No, but we will talk more about that upcoming shows. Yes, just a little teaser. A little tease. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up now, and I will remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetMoreTravel.com, request a quote, and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation. You can find us on all the socials. Just search Mouse and More Podcast. On behalf of Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night.